Hi everyone, I'm Sam Callen, and I host the U.S. Center for Coach Excellence podcast uh, that's aired monthly with different coach developers. Uh, but today I have a little special segment here for you about the Teaching and Facilitation Skills Workshop uh, that's coming up. So in this, Kristen Wright from USA Hockey and I discuss our experience at a recent uh, Teaching and Facilitation Skills Workshop and thought we would put this up here to give you uh, an idea of what you may expect and what our, what our perceptions of the workshop are. And so I really hope that you enjoy this and it helps you make a decision to come to the Teaching and Facilitation Skills Workshop uh, when it's offered by the U.S. Center for Coaching Excellence. Uh, Kristen is the uh, an ADM manager, so the American Development Model Manager for uh, girls hockey at USA Hockey. And this is actually part of a longer interview that I had with Kristen about her playing and coaching experience in hockey and so we clipped this out and done this if you're interested in hearing the entire discussion with Kristen and I recommend it uh, if you go over to the CDN chat page then you can um, at the US Center for Coach Excellence website then you can hear the entire interview from which this is taken so anyway so here is uh, my interview we pick up with Kristen describing uh, what she had heard about the workshop from some colleagues who had been through it prior. So we kind of jump into the middle of the interview here. So thanks and hope you enjoy it. Yeah, we had a few hints, but not quite a lot of them of really their, what they had said to us is that it's going to be the best thing that you do for coaching coaches. And it's also going to be a terrifying, terrible week, which are kind of opposites. And <laughs> yeah. so you don't really know what that means. So there's a little I don't even want to use the word anxiety, probably some nervousness going into the week about, oh my goodness, what are they going to drop on us that we're not prepared for? Yeah. And after going through it, I agree that it's not necessarily terrifying, but it pushes you outside of your comfort zone. But the facilitators did it in such a, a way that they were modeling what we should be doing with coaches that they never pushed us a little bit into the freak out zone but not ever so much they would always try to give us get us back in that learning zone mm -hmm. and for me that's huge because at no point point during the three days was I bored which right in this day and age is impressive right there's always the I want to check my cell phone or my snapchat or oh I wonder what my dog's doing right there's always that because we have access to that so readily but that was I was so much more dialed into what they were doing in the course and didn't want to miss a single thing happening. And that's how engaging I thought the course was. I, I, I share that perspective with you. I, I kept my phone in my backpack most of the time, although I took it out and took some pictures um, and, you know, either of slides or something on the wall or just having a picture that, again, my connection with USCC was to give those to Kristen to use. Um, with that and you know we should probably should talk a little bit about uh, what went on in the workshop and I, I thought it was neat you talked about the learning zones there because the uh, Sergio Laura Bercial who had on the podcast before uh, back in November you know he kind of came up with this you have the boredom zone the comfort zone learning zone and the panic zone and I, I know at times I was in the bottom part of that panic zone and looking around the room, I got the sensation there were probably a few people who were in that panic zone from time to time. But like you said, the facilitators, uh, Kristen and Linda and Melissa were really good at, at making sure you were supported in there and helping the folks out who, who maybe were in a little bit deeper than they anticipated. Um, 
So with that, what were what were some of the takeaways and really impactful things for you to give people a feel for what that workshop is like, what that three days is like? Yeah, so the biggest takeaway or the biggest thing that the goal of the workshop, in my opinion, is to create learning environments that are appropriate for adults. And how do you do that? And what are the key elements of that? And from that is where I get my takeaways that it should be focused on the learner, like that learns principle, that it's learner focused, the environment you create, not only from the setup of the room, but how you as a a person facilitate the discussion with your participants. Mm -hmm. I thought the active engagement piece of death by PowerPoint should be no more. And I've (laughs) been passionate about that for a while. I think that they showed us really creative ways to get rid of PowerPoint and implement activities into our educational process. Mm -hmm. And then when you think about you know, the need to reflect and for our organization and what we do, not only self-reflection, reflection with our athletes, but more importantly, what setup have we created to reflect with coaches, whether it's in a coaching environment. So we, you know, as ADM managers, we go to local clubs and interact with coaches we may have never met before and how we give feedback or how we create feedback in those scenarios, um, really thinking about what we're doing in those, I thought that was a key takeaway for our organization. Mm-hmm. And so, and then of course, new, giving them new information. We want them to learn. Right? At the end of the day, we want to, want to teach them something new to take back to their organization. So for me, that principle covered really any piece during the week that we that we talked about, that we participated in, that we used. And, and adding to that, I think a couple of things is the reminder, like you said, this is really for kind of the coach developer, the person who's maybe overseeing the development of coaches, and it could be on a large scale like you guys, or even for a club owner, whether in hockey or another sport, who has coaches working for them, they want to make them better. And I think one of the key things is recognizing that they are adult learners and they bring in a a life experience. Even if they haven't coached for very long, they have life experiences. I think part of the great thing about facilitating versus, uh, you know, death by PowerPoint is by engaging them. You're acknowledging you have knowledge. You, You know, you have stuff to bring to the table that you can share with everybody else. And I think as an, you know, as an adult learner, if I'm in a workshop, I really like showing, being shown that I'm valued for that and that I'm not just an idiot who's walking into, you know, the hotel conference room and there's a screen up there that's got the first PowerPoint and it's like, oh, great. I'm going to have the sage on the stage versus the guy by my side to quote John Kessel. Uh, no. Yeah, you're dead on. I think that especially in the environment we're dealing with, we're talking about sport, something that people are – doing because they're passionate about it. They might be doing it because they play, because their kids played, because they've always coached. And it's a different adult learning environment than maybe teaching somebody about investing in whatever it may be, right? If we're talking, and I I would agree that they should not do death by PowerPoint, but I do think just the nature of sport in general and what people bring to it, the community that we know exists, and even just that environment, I think that 
the that piece that you mentioned is so important because the people that are in our coaching clinics are you know some are doing it because of a variety of reasons but mostly because of a love of sport right yeah you know most of the people we're talking about who come in there are not uh, getting rich off of it they're not the nhl coaches they're you know have seven figure salaries and are doing this livelihood most of them and i think this is across the spectrum of sports are yeah they may be getting a, a paid for giving lessons or you know a small stipend or something mostly they're doing it out of the love of the what they do and the love of coaching and um and whatever their motivation is is from there so um and i think there's a i think there's a great desire for folks who you know done it for at least a few years to i, I want to get better at it how can you get me better and maybe be more efficient as a coach too which i think is a really key for that volunteer coach who doesn't have a lot of time they're rushing from work grabbing fast food on the way to the you know hockey rink or club and then you know they've got the 12 year olds there they're waiting for them how can i really do this teach it effectively and efficiently and that way maybe able to get more into it if i'm more efficient with it yeah and you make a great point that that there's the spectrum of coaches you have the the volunteer coach, but also that volunteer coach might have a lot of experience and also might be their first or second year. And the, you know, the method that this teaching and facilitation workshop gave us is that there's a lot of peer to peer education going on between the adults versus just the one person standing up in front of the room educating. And from that, even just the ability to vocalize their experience, but also to bounce ideas off of uh, reflect on what they're doing, best practices, all those things happen in a much, in a much more natural manner in this setup that we learned about. Yeah. And the thing I, I made this point a couple of times to your, your coworkers, your cohorts in the group was that, you know, the great thing about facilitating a workshop is that the burden isn't on you to have to have all the answers. And because that's a lot to put on somebody, Right. If I'm mm-hmm. standing up at the front with a PowerPoint, and I've, I've taught, you know, post-secondary and, you know, taught exercise physiology. And yeah, there's I am the guy who, you know, should have all the answers, not least not most of them and not necessarily something that the group can come up with a decision on. There's, you know, the phosphocreatine cycle is the phosphocreatine cycle. Really can't discuss that a whole lot. But I think bringing that in and something like the workshops that, you know, you guys give is that all of a sudden you don't have the burden is on you to have all the answers you can draw draw on this great you know years of coaching knowledge to help out with situations and um and then i think that makes that community a lot tighter when somebody in the other side of the room pops up and says hey i had that situation here's what i did or you know talk to me afterwards i'll tell you how i handled that or something and then it makes that network it makes that community much stronger yeah that's it that's exactly it how I feel about it. I think that's the, one of the biggest values of this type of process. Mm-hmm. Um, any, anything else jump out at you that, uh, as sort of takeaways and maybe things that, uh, you've been able to put into practice, although I know it's just been a couple of weeks, but you never know. I think the active listening piece, uh, and really what that means and why you're doing it. That was another thing that jumped out at me that, they always say you should be listening, but also in that scenario, you really need to be listening because 
that's going to formulate the discussion because again, the participant is a huge part of this discussion and conversation. So you need to, you need to be listening to what they're saying to drive the conversation, but also drive it back to maybe where we had intended it to go, but also to make sure that those points are heard and valid. So I think the active listening piece I've tried to incorporate into just my everyday life and also conversations with people I haven't been on the ice since I was at the coach developer clinic. So that's the best way to, to implement it. Um, and then from, you know, even developing coaches, we're right now in the process of planning our hockey directors program that'll happen in a couple weeks in Buffalo. And, uh, you know, our department has really looked at how do we, we, impl- how do we implement this into our, it's a three, three and a half day program that covers all age levels of LTAD and age appropriate practice planning, body contact, really everything we do is crammed in in a good way in those days. And we are, we've revamped the whole thing to incorporate this style of coaching coaches into what we're going to do. So that's going to, you should have a podcast with one of us after that. I think somebody will be able to have a really good idea of how it went and you know what they've learned from it. I, I may uh, I may do that with one of your coworkers that I regularly see at a local craft brewery. Maybe that'll be a good excuse to uh, do that. Um, it's probably a great idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I wanted to swing back around because something you said about the active listening really kind of drove home, and you had you had mentioned a little bit too. But really, at these workshops, one of the things really focused on is being learner focused on what is it that that person is coming there to get out of it. And that active listening allows you to find out, oh, okay, you're here for this reason. And, and you know, sometimes the workshop that you're doing may not really cover that because it's not within the scope of whatever you're doing with that. But it's always good to know what the learner is wanting to get out of it and making sure that they also walk away with the message that you guys want as well. Um, again, one of your coworkers and I were talking about this and saying, you can have a clinic that has a hundred items in it that you're trying to get across, but really three of them are important. And you want to make sure that they walk all over those three most important ones. If they have other ones, that's great. But if you have a hundred things you're trying to do, then somebody walks away with numbers 98, 99, 100, but those weren't the most important parts of it as well. So I think the other thing that I really learned was narrowing down the focus on the goal too, and not trying to be everything in a one-day workshop that you may have. And it's more challenging. I think we learned yeah. that having to do it in a 20-minute presentation and how do you narrow the focus of an activity or a learning item for 20 minutes? And it's extremely narrow. Yes. And yes. <laughs> you learn that in that activity. And it's, it is. It's super important because we do as uh, people who either talk about this all the time or are actively engaged in it, a lot of times we are on number 99 and 100 in where we're learning, and that might be where we're presenting or talking about it, when in reality, these coaches might be at one, two, three, or four, and f- making sure we engage the whole group is is more important than really dialing into something that we think is really important on number 99. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I tell you, the, the, that was the fastest 20 minutes I've experienced in a long time. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I looked over at the clock at one point. <laughs> so here's the the setup was that we were paired with somebody else, and so Kevin Green from U.S. Lacrosse was there as well, and so we were put together. They they tried to keep us away from the hockey people as much as possible. And, <laughs> Not uh, true. <laughs> I know you guys were, and, and let me say you guys were fantastic at at welcoming and accepting us in there. Um, I had you know I've known Ken Martell for a long long time. Kenny Roush and I've have had a couple of interactions along the way, but yeah, you guys, uh, you guys took us right in and, and adopted us. And we're, I, I think I can speak for Kevin. We both appreciated that. Um, but Kevin and I were paired up and partly because some of you guys worked together. And so it was very intentional about how, uh, you guys were paired up as, as I understand it. And, and when Kevin and I put together at one point, I looked up, we had to do a 20 minute facilitated workshop and, uh, Kevin and I chose doing one on, kind of values and ethics kind of related thing. And I remember looked over and it was like, we, we were 15 minutes in and we realized, Oh, we have 10 more minutes of material. How are we going to cram this into five minutes? And, um, it wasn't as important for getting, you know, the task done. It was really about how we facilitated it. Um, it was really, and then the feedback part of that, I think was very eye opening for, for a lot of folks, including myself, getting that feedback uh, as well. And that whole process of giving and getting feedback was really good. I had not done something that intentional in a long, long time. Yeah, I would say it's something we all, maybe in our professional lives, we don't do as much as maybe we did during our educational years. I think that you, when you're in school at different ages or college, you are giving presentations or even writing papers and getting feedback or whatever it might be. There's always, there's always seems to be that feedback. And then when you get into the real world, there's a lot going on. And a lot of times that piece gets left out because it's, you know, we have, you know, it's about the next thing. We got to keep moving. And that intentional inclusion of it, the, we made time for this because it is so important for our growth. It was, it was impressive, to be honest. I think that it's something that was probably, if I had to pick the one thing that I would that I will take away, no matter what, from everything I do, will be that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I sort of agree with your earlier statement talking about you had been given a little bit of hints and, and stuff. I had a few hints of as well, and uh, yeah, my impression very much was it was it was overwhelming and challenging, and I would I, I would do it again, you know next week if in fact i'm doing the second course that's after the summit here coming up in june and i'm doing that one and i'm and kind of worrying about it because i'll be the first one who's gone through it at least from the you know this perspective and uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping i'm well rested for that one uh, going into it yep um, that'll be exciting though i think yeah. you'll, you'll learn something new and you already went through the first one so yep. <laughs> I can survive anything, right? Yeah. We, yes. We you know, you, you talked about this earlier, and the thought that crossed my mind when you were talking about the description of it was I, I, I was never in a fraternity, but it sort of reminded me of fraternity hazing a little bit, you know, like the fraternity rush week where, yeah, it's this thing you're going to do for a week, and they're going to do horrible things to you, and then at the end of it, you're going to go, yeah, we really bonded with our group and you know now there's probably hazing and bullying and all these stuff that you're not supposed to do in that part i will acknowledge that but that was a, the thought that i had doing through it and and now we all have the secret handshake and secret code word that only all of us know who go through the course and um so we can see each other out we can do that and we'll immediately know you've been through the teaching and facilitation skills workshop yeah yeah it's mm. a good way of putting it that yeah. they 
that's what the the expectation was. But I do I do have to push back that the facilitators did an unbelievable job of creating it in an environment that was not hazing, was not bullying, totally. was not any of those things. You're right. You, You're right. Absolutely right. But in a way that if other people who were trying to get you to do the same thing in the same amount of time that didn't have that experience would not be the same by any means. No, so man, I it, just think that's a huge piece of the value is in that, yeah, it's a lot and it's scary yeah. and you're definitely going to do things that you didn't think you'd want to do, but <laughs> for good reason. Yeah. Yeah. I did not want to make it sound like anything negative like that. Just, uh, kind of like wow that was really overwhelming i remember on friday i actually went into my last day of work on friday and i was so worn out that i really I, there were a handful of things i got done and then i was i told my wife i'm ready i'll do my exit interview now and gone because i was i was really really tired from that one uh and and again it it but it's that cool kind of tired kind of like that really hard workout you do where mm-hmm. at the end of it, you're kind of exhausted but you go god that was awesome Exactly. That was, you know, I do my two by 20 minute hard run workout that I love so much. I kind of part of part way through going, why am I doing this to myself? And then then I'm going, yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what it was like. It's good for me. It's good for us. Yeah. Good. Um, Well, uh, anything else? Kind of closing comments on that, and then um, you know I'll let you get back to your day job before you know Ken Martell comes around and cracks a whip on you. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing comes to mind. It was great chatting with you. It's the you know a really cool experience. I've had a, I mean I've been really lucky to be able to be in hockey and coaching hockey for a long time now, and to still be able to go to an event like that and learn a ton is 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 really great so we only have you know places to go to get better at this point absolutely well and i commend um i commend you guys for coming in with you know pretty positive attitudes it seemed like looking forward to it and um you know and i think that hopefully this will help encourage some other folks to go and you know if you uh if your cohorts are ever wondering what it's like uh, we're going to put this on the uscc website so they can go and uh, listen to just this part of it. I'm going to kind of edit it around uh, for the long version of the podcast, and we'll put some on that just have the description as well. Uh, so you can direct people uh, uh, to listen to this and uh, hopefully also Bob Mancini's as well, who I'm going to talk to later on. So, Kristen, I appreciate you taking the time and sharing both but your history as a, as a player, coach, and and then about the workshop as well. I appreciate it. Great. Great. Thanks, Sam.